all-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. When I was younger, if somebody would have said to me, you have unlimited potential that can be developed. And number two, you're the only one that can develop it, but we can teach you, we can show you how. And third, the quality of your life is going to be in direct proportion to how much of your potential you access and express. It's really that simple. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. Today I'm speaking with George Munford, widely respected mindfulness and performance expert, author, and speaker. George has spent three decades teaching mindfulness techniques to a number of corporate executives, artists, and elite athletes, including Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kobe Bryant. George and I discuss how the perception of mindfulness has changed over the years, the importance of shifting how we value our identity, and why we should practice looking at life with a growth mindset. Let's go. I am fired up. I got. I, I want to say he's an old friend. We spoke not that long ago. We keep in touch all the time. But last time we actually had a conversation was a few years ago. We just touched on that. And this was right when Reform Sports Project was really getting kicked off. So I'm super, super excited to have him back on. He's one of the leaders, certainly, in his space. Mindfulness performance expert, one of the best in the world, Mr. George Mumford. Mr. Mumford, thanks so much for hopping on again, man. Hey, man. It's good to be here. Good to see you, Nick. Well, it's good. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to get into everything. Mr. Mumford, you've worked with the likes of, you know, Michael Jordan and the late Kobe Bryant and and Phil Jackson and so many others of the highest performers in sport that we've ever seen. How did you get into this space of mindfulness and performance? And what's your history here? Yes. So my history goes back to when I was in college. You might recall that when I was in college, I roomed with Dr. J. And I was in the basketball, but I got injured. And my career was pretty much over my sophomore year. And um got addicted to pain, drug, you know, medications and then illegal drugs and alcohol and that sort of thing. Then I got clean. And when I got clean, I had chronic pain. So I got into this process of using mindfulness to, to manage uh, chronic pain. 
And then from there, I ended up uh, being working with John Kabat-Zinn at the Center for Mindfulness uh, Stress Reduction and Relaxation Program. They call it Center for Mindfulness now. So in that context, um, my mentor and boss, John Kabat-Zinn, used to do a workshop at the Omega Institute where he would work with healthcare professionals and they get certified to, to do this kind of teaching. And Phil Jackson at the time was there um, teaching a program called uh, Beyond Basketball. It was a fundraising activity for the family of Eddie Mass, who was a teammate of his on the Knicks. And so the Bulls had just won their third championship. And Phil was really interested in bringing somebody in to work with the guys around the stress of success. This was before MJ's father got murdered and MJ retired. So he gave me a call and we talked and he realized it was... It was really uh, a good match because of my experience in that realm and being around elite performers. And that's how I got into it. So that's what started in October 1993 and then the rest is history. Holy smoke, man. That is incredible. So like, you know, I feel like you're, you were certainly, I was a young kid at the time, but I feel like nowadays it's so much more mainstream, right? You know, you hear athletes and such talking about mindfulness, talking about mental health is such a big component. Yeah. So like, how can every day, so you're working with elite performers and such, but like, how can, let's just say when you're talking about youth sports, or you're talking about everyday people, parents and such, how can they incorporate, let's start with parents, uh, mindfulness and mental health and these types of things, you know, to help with their kids or even their own, you know, circumstances involving their kids. Yes. So I, so I'm known for working with the elite athletes, but I've worked at medical clinic, uh, a satellite medical clinic, and I, I've gone to schools and organizations and been teaching this stuff for in the closet for about 30 years. But I've been doing this for a long time. So it's really about when you think about mental health, what is mental health? Mental health is the ability to see things as they are and to embrace it in a way where we still make choices in alignment with our core values and who we say we want to be or to be to learn from experience and to continue to learn and grow and evolve as human beings. Um, so, so mental health, so it's to be a mindful athlete or a high performer in one sport, you have to be a, a mindful person or a person in real life that's interested in an excellence, interested in wanting to grow and evolve, wanting to live a life of, of joy and compassion and to understand ourselves and understand the world better. And so that's what it comes down to. So it's not, I, I was a pioneer in bringing it into the realm of sports, but in actuality, most of my teaching was with just regular people and teaching them, unfortunately, like myself, the only reason I got involved in this because my butt was on fire and I had to do something. The traditional medical treatments didn't apply. I had to learn about the mind-body process and how just know myself, how do I work? How do I create space between stimulus and response? How do I respond to uh, to the, the vicissitudes of life? How do I respond to, to you know, dying, getting old, and all of the things that we have to deal with, just frustration of, you know, maybe we don't get the job we want, or maybe we don't even make a team we want to be on, or our team loses, or our team wins. We have to understand how do we do this thing called life in a way where we're allowing our, what I call our masterpiece within to express itself. So we all are wired for success, whether we play a sport or not. Life is a marathon. And like any other sport, you got to train for it. And like a marathon, if you start off too slow, too fast, it doesn't work. You have to find your pace 
and your place, I would say. So we all need this to be able to excel and to live a more creative, full life. Do you find that there's been, you know, in the last, you know, you said you've been doing this for over 30 years, but it almost seems to me like there's been an, uh, maybe it's just, maybe, you know, a lot of people like to trace it to social media, or I think you can go all the way back even further to just, you know, the, the internet itself, right? Making, it almost seems like the world has shrunk. And I think it's also shed light in many good ways and also bad ways, right? It's almost like that old cliche, ignorance is bliss. Sometimes I, I think back to my early childhood of the 80s and 90s when you didn't hear so much about everything that was going on. Almost the world seemed bigger, but there was almost a little bit of like comfort in that. Uh, but at the yeah. same time, knowledge is power. Do you almost feel like that there's been a pedal to the metal with anxiety? And I'm talking specifically about, you know, the culture in general, but in youth sports in general, it just seems like there's a there's a need for hyper. There's a speed like a, a, a race to this quote unquote result. Everyone's chasing something. Why do you think that that's coming? Do you think that it's changed tremendously from, you know, when you first got started in the business 30 years ago? Yes, well, it's more closer to 40. Um, I, I just celebrated 38 years of sobriety um, in the last month. So it's, I think it's like just my own practice. I feel like there's been a lot of folks like myself or some folks like myself where I see myself like Johnny Appleseed, this this um, legend about this guy that goes around the countryside just throwing apple seeds all over the place and you circle back around and they take root where they take root and where they don't, they don't. But the nourishing of them, you know, obviously the, the soil, the sunlight and getting uh, moisture or water is important. But I feel like I've been doing this for close to 40 years and I think it's starting to bear fruit. And I think uh, people are starting, you know, it goes from, it's like any other thing at first is you know uh cutting edge and then as it started getting uh accepted and especially where i worked in a medical center it's where you have the combination of you know the science and i think the research the science is catching up and i think that's been helpful for that and then people like steph covey uh kobe bryant and folks like that that are willing to step up and talk about this is how i do it or even um heaven love yeah uh Talking about his, and as well as the other folks talking about their, you know. And Michael um, Phelps and such. All these folks dealing with, you know, um, you know Osaka and Biles. Uh, all of these folks talking about the stress and, and the, the amount of pressure they're under. I think that's helped. And I think, believe it or not, one of the benefits of the pandemic is that it's forcing people to look at their stuff. There's no place to hide. And, and I think that just like me, when you get to a place where there's you know, freedom is just another word for nothing else to lose. When you get in that place where you have to do something differently, and you make a choice to do that, then people are open to it. But you're right, the, the social media is helpful, but it can also work against us sometimes. I remember having this conversation with Phil about, I think the New York Times talked about uh, the mindfulness movement and whether it's just a fad or whatever. And as a responsible person, you have to think, well, am I encouraging people or am I not? And then we came to the conclusion definitely that what we're doing we're going to be doing when it's not a fad we were doing it before it was a fad it's a way of life it's a way of being so the fad is just a fact if it's going to be a fad or people are going to do it because they think the right thing to do that shouldn't affect us our job is to keep doing what we're doing to keep supporting folks to develop themselves uh, to, to reach more of their human potential and so, so to me that's the thing so yeah i doesn't matter what other people are doing. What matters is this is what works. So I'm I was sharing my experience, strength, and hope. So I'm not coming from 
from uh, a theory. I'm coming from my own practice and my own experience working with elite athletes, but also regular Joes and, and Sally's that I've been working with the whole time that people don't even know about, and especially now kids, youth, and their parents and their coaches and their uh, their teachers that, you know, it takes a village to raise children or raise ourselves. So that's, to me, it's, uh, who knows, we can speculate about it, but I think at some point when something's been around for a while and if you keep planting those seeds, at some point they they take root and then you get a critical mass. And I think we've reached a critical mass some time ago where it's, it's commonplace, whereas before I was a secret weapon. Sure. I didn't really what I was doing. Well, what are the benefits of like, uh, what do you think the benefits of a child learning the basis of mindfulness, you know, particularly at a young age? Well, the benefit is is this idea of, of understanding that, just think about it. When I was younger, if somebody would have said to me, you have unlimited potential that can be developed. And number two, you're the only one that can develop it, but we can teach you, we can show you how. And third, the quality of your life is going to be in direct proportion to how much of your potential you access and express. It's really that simple. It's, it's that, yeah, you know, we got masterpieces. We got, whether you call it Christ consciousness or food of nature, we have this. And of course, if they can get that, if I had it when I was younger, then then I'd be able to make wise choices and, and really start thinking about it's really, what do I want to do? How do I feel? And at the same time, how can I be me in the context of a we? And that's really important, but really being able to self-regulate, let's say, for instance. So they've done this marshmallow test. I don't know if you heard about this. It was a no, I don't think so. Studio study. They took, I think, first graders or kindergartners, and they said, we can give you a marshmallow now, but if you wait, we'll give you two. It's like delaying gratification. Yeah. And so... All of these these young folks, 10 years later, when they were, or whatever, when they were adolescents, whatnot, the ones that were able to delay gratification are the ones that are more emotionally and mentally uh, healthy and that are thriving versus the ones that couldn't say no, didn't have the self-regulation. So we know that. So if we can teach them how to be self-aware, how to self-regulate or understand that they have more power, what they think is important, how they feel is important, what they do is important. And it's not like you're just going in as an amorphous thing. You have to get to a point where you make the assumption of responsibility earlier and earlier in your life where, yeah, your parents are still going to help you or whatnot, but we start to teach. And we know this from from the, the young folks that do well is when the parents support them, but, but hold them accountable. Sure. So, you know, that accountability, uh, self-responsibility, self-discipline is huge. So we can get them to teach that. So we talk about mindfulness and just the mental training. That's part of it. But it's just to be able to understand the relationship between what you think and what you see, how you feel, and realize that if you get depressed or you get sad, how do I teach you to embrace it and then to learn from it and then move beyond it? So what is the connection between mindfulness and performance? Like, why does a clear, present mind often help people achieve sustained success? Because you can only do one thing at a time. And when you're locked in, when you're just focused, you're not distracted, and you have this ability to observe your experience uncritically, like a silent witness, then you start to see how things are connected. You start to see that when you train your body, and then you do your your preparation of what you think is going to happen. They say luck is when opportunity and preparation meet. So you're preparing yourself, and then once you get there, you got to get out of the way and let your training take over so the mind can trip up. If we're in fear mode, 
I talk about the two wolves. You know, one wolf is fear, the other wolf is love. And the grandfather's talking to his grandson and explaining it to him. And the grandson gets concerned and said, which wolf will win? And the grandfather says, the one I feed. So we want to teach them how to feed the love wolf, not deny the fear wolf. Because we still need that reptilian brain when we walk across the street and the automobiles coming. We need to be able to not think about it, but let our reptilian brain uh, survival mechanisms get us out of the way. And so, yeah, so we need to understand how we work and understand that we need to start training ourselves so that we're in partnership when we go to the doctor. We need to get get them to a point where we understand how to relate to them before they get radicalized or tribalized or, or give their freedom to some some outside agency rather than realizing that it's an internal locus of control and that they are responsible and that they can't they can learn and they can become and you can see some of the folks who make a decision early on they want to be a doctor or they want to be a basketball player or they want to be whatever they want to be and they commit to that and they don't let anything get in the way of that you can see the independent agency or from dependence to independence to interdependence this is what Stephen Covey talks about the seven habits of highly effective people that we come in very dependent but we have to make that choice that shift from dependency to independency to enter dependency. How can I start to know how I can help myself and, and seek help from others and then I can be more independent or I can have self-reliance where I know how to do things for myself. Now when I get on a team, when I get into a school situation where I have classmates, I know how to develop the me but also to realize that the we is going to carry the day. In other words, it's for the, for the group, the greatest good or whatever. So it's just um, mentally healthy or instead of talking about mental health, we're talking about mental wellness, where if you're moving towards high levels of wellness, then you're going to be able to adapt and change and adjust and manage these difficulties, these challenges that are going to come. That will be able to meet the stress with, with, uh, with enough resources to meet the demand, the challenges. When I talk to college students in a couple of weeks, and when they go in as freshmen, they have to realize that if they don't know who you are, you could end up being anybody. And if you don't know where you're going, you could end up going anywhere. So you have to have a plan. You have to know who are you intending to be? What are you intending to do? So this, this awareness is, is tantamount from moment to moment decision making, having that space between stimulus and response so that what you do is in alignment with your goals, with your core values. So that's why it's really important when you do that, then you, not only are you going to, you know, you're going to have great performance, but you're going to have a great experience. When we return, George and I talk about identity and the importance of learning from mistakes. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Welcome back. Where we left off, George and I were about to discuss the importance of authenticity and how to look at life with a growth mindset. I think it was Bill Russell. I could be wrong, um, but I've heard many pro athletes, many athletes, many people who have been to the high level say this. It's like, you know, they were told or they will encourage kids, they coach at a young age to let them know like, hey, it's important to be all in and all those things and be fully committed. But what your sport is or what you what you do. Let's just use sports for example. You're a basketball player. You play bat sports is what you do. It's not who you are, right? Identifying like yeah. like yes. where's the healthy line there? Because listen, I can tell you from my experience, like I when I was a young kid and and I certainly wasn't the greatest athlete ever, but I loved being referred to hey, I was a baseball player. Yes. But where's the healthy line to draw so that we're not tying our identity and our self worth into performance, right? There's gotta be a line there. How do you you know navigate that? Yes research is very clear about when somebody has an elite performance if we say you're just a great basketball player and you know you're just amazing that's fine on some level but it's more important to uh commend effort that you know you got that through your effort and so you you distinguish between who you are and what you're doing but at the same time who you are is going to be expressed in what you're doing so it's this it's it's a little bit complicated but it's really saying because here's the reality when bill russell was in Boston here with uh, John Havlicek. They were somewhere, and the guy came up to the bill and said, are you a basketball player? And he said, no. And so when the guy left and and John Havlicek said, Russ, why did you tell him you weren't a basketball player? And that's when Russell said, that's because that's what I do, not who I am. Because now that we do that, when we make a mistake or we have a bad performance, now we're not saying we're a failure. You just notice, okay, that's what you do. You learn from your mistakes, but you're not a failure. So you understand what I'm saying? So it's like you do you have to uh, do it where you say, well, you're not a basketball player. You identify with that. You, you know, you're you're a high school or whatever, but you're becoming. So that's just a kind of a shirt you have on for the time being or a coat mm. or a garment. But it's going to change because even if you stay in that same garment as you grow, you're going to have to get another garment. So you just have to be clear that you play a sport. This is what Russell would say. say it's a sport. It's a game. And when you finish the game, you go home and you got to be who you are. On some level, that helps us. But on another level, it hinders us. Just like me, when I got in recovery, my teacher told me to stop identifying as I'm a substance abuser instead of talking about, you know, I'm in recovery. So I'm not identified with it because how we see ourselves is how we behave. So if you're, you identify as a baseball player, so when you go interact with people or you interact you're going to school or something 
then your your interpreter screen is that of a baseball player. Mm. So you're seeing things in that way. So we have to be able to get out of that, be open-minded, or to put on another perspective. If I'm a doctor, then I'm going to focus on diagnosis. If I'm a businessman, I'm going to focus on the bottom line. So we have to realize that we have that screen on and realize that because baseball is what I do, I'm much more because I'm only playing at a certain percentage of the time. So I'm a person. We have to understand that we play these roles or we're in these roles, but we have to be able to separate ourselves from the roles so we're not thinking about balls and strikes when we should be thinking about algebra and English. That makes a heck of a lot of sense, man. Quite quite frankly, George, I get kind of mesmerized listening to you, man. It makes me like, you know, inventory a lot of things and, and I love it. Mr. Muffer, when you look at some of these greats, you know, the goats that you've coached, and just to name a few, the late Kobe Bryant and, of course, Michael Jordan, and any of the others that you've worked with, even Phil, of course, from a coaching standpoint, what are some things that you can pinpoint that they had in common? Like, what are some things like, man, they just had that, and was there a common thread between them? And two, is it something that was intrinsically in there, or is it something that could be developed to help them get there? Yes. Thanks for asking. It could be developed. But I remember a resource years back with a book called uh, Cambridge Book on Expertise and Expert Performance. And the number one reason people cite for somebody becoming an elite performer is the desire to succeed. And so it's having that ability to be self-disciplined, but also the want to, the seeking, pursuing excellence. You know, everybody says, oh, well, I want to be like Kobe. Then when I say, well, this is what is required, they say, well, I didn't sign up for that. So you have to have an ability. You have to be teachable. You have to be humble. So when I think of these folks, it's, and usually it's after adversity. I mean, MJ, a lot of who MJ became was because he got cut from his high school basketball team. And he realized that he didn't want, he'll never get cut again. And so by the time I saw him work with the Bulls, I was always amazed that he was acting as if he he was trying to make the team. So I think that's it. They're always looking to get better. You can go to Magic, you can go to Larry, you can go to Dr. J. They're always working on their game, but there's a level of intelligence, a level of what we talk about, what I talk about in my book, is this ability to have the faith, but to have the ability to focus and sustain the effort and to be committed to what you're doing and not getting distracted. So it's really more about uh, them accessing their masterpiece. That's that's the core thing is they express in their own particular way because we all are unique. So our job is to access that, that masterpiece within and have the want to, have the desire, the willingness to succeed and the self-discipline it takes to be able to do it. And so I think it's, like I said, we talk about luck a lot of the time, but it's preparation and opportunity meet. So to me, it, it's not the physical as much as it's their... The mental, the emotional, the spiritual, or they're just getting access. I'd say authenticity, sincerity. I'd say being who they are. I'd say that would be the main thing. It's unlocking, letting their masterpiece express itself. That's what they all have in common. And there's a process or processes one can get into. I talk about it in the Mindful Athlete Seekers to Pure Performance. And it's, it's just really just figuring it out, having a coach or having mentors, having a community to support you. So we know that people succeed when they have three things, according to uh, Sean and Core, 75% predictability on having this ability to have what they call positive genius, or I call it the Hall of Fame, hope, optimism, and faith. So that you're optimistic, you're looking at 
life from a from a growth mindset where you're seeing what's the lesson you make a mistake you learn from it and that's how you level up second thing is social support having people around you who are sincere and can give you honest feedback and they support you being you not being who they want you to be so that support that could go from your nuclear family all the way out to coaches and mentors and getting outside instruction and the third thing is this idea of seeing crisis and this is what i uh, taught the bulls when i first started working with them they were in crisis that when there's a crisis there's two meanings there's two things happening one is danger which we get the other one is opportunity so the whole key is to see things as challenges not to see them as crises or curses so to see things as a challenge or there's an opportunity and that's the things that they do they embrace the challenges and and level up so that's where the inner work that's what i talked about the inside game you have to understand how do you keep yourself in that hope optimism and faith that's how you get to the hall of fame the hof man i can't thank you enough mr mumford george mumford I- i'm just so grateful for your time for your willingness to come on and share and uh man you get me and i, I could i know our audience is going to be so fired up we're so lucky so thank you so much man for coming on well i appreciate it nick that's george mumford renowned mindfulness and performance expert. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.